welcome to the Milestones, Motivation, and Money podcast, a weekly conversation filled with stories of business, financial literacy, careers, leadership, and resilience. Setting and achieving goals is key, whether they are related to your finances, business, or career. I hope to empower you with these conversations no matter where you are in life. I'm your host, Angel Radcliffe, and on this show, get ready to change your mindset and start your journey to achieve your lifelong goals. So if you need a little motivation to start your day or jumpstart your next project, tune in and be sure to join our community online at milestonesmotivationandmoney.com. Hey, 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 welcome back to the podcast. On today's show, we're chatting about leadership, another one of my favorite topics. We'll be speaking with William Shermer, and he'll be discussing transferable leadership skills. So thinking about those skills that you may pick up in the corporate space and you may be able to leverage in your personal life or in your brand or building a business, we're going to get all into it. So William is an experienced executive and HR leader. He has over 20 years of experience in the field. He's worked with companies here in the U.S. and in Europe, and he's built numerous leadership development and talent management programs. Now, I am really excited to have this conversation because William is also an author. He's the author of Fulfilled, Finding Happiness and Prosperity in Your Life, And I always like to get into those details of how people went about publishing their book. So that should be a very good conversation. Uh, We're going to dig into several topics. So if you are interested in finding out how you can build your way as being a leader or transferring some of those leadership skills, get your pen and paper ready. And let's go ahead and welcome William to the show. Thank you very much. I'm uh, very happy to have the opportunity to speak with you today. I'm glad to have you on to discuss transferable leadership skills because leadership and professional development, oh my gosh, that is my favorite topic aside from finances, of course. And I'm always mentoring someone or talking with friends on different ways that they can really work on enhancing their career profile and dabbling into some different things. So this should be very interesting. Good. Well, I'm, I'm very glad to be here and I love talking about leadership and all things uh, personal growth and fulfillment. Now, you have some experience in human resources, which I find very ironic because I started my, I wouldn't say career, but I'll tell you my very first job after college, I worked in human resources. How? I could not tell you. <laughs> you land a job with HR with no HR experience. <laughs> But, but I thought that that was, you know, a commonality and I was like, oh, I'd love to have this conversation from this particular perspective, uh, especially since my career ended up going somewhere else, but you've been in that field for over 20 years. So how about you give us a background of yourself and how that transpired for you? Happy to do that. So I, I still remember in high school taking an occupational survey, I think when I was a junior or senior And the the survey said I should be a personnel manager. And I promptly laughed and went off to engineering school. My dad was an engineer and I had an interest in in math and sciences. But after my my brief foray into engineering, I decided it it wasn't for me over time and ended up with with some degrees in, in social and political sciences. And 
had an opportunity after working in operations management. I've split my career over time between the U.S. and the U.K., and I had an opportunity to come on board with a, a U.K. consultancy, which was aimed primarily at recruiting, training, and retention consultancy. And so I, I've always really enjoyed trying to understand, you know, how to acquire good people, people that are well-matched to the job and, and company, and how to make sure that they performed and had a fulfilling work experience. So after working, doing a little bit of consultancy work, I've spent most of, of the rest of my career in corporate HR, primarily in financial services and, and business services, where over time, I've, I've had the privilege of, of running those particular functions and acting as an executive for, for several companies. And really enjoyed it. And of course, out of that grew my, my passion for leadership development as well. And I had an opportunity to institute uh, a number of, of leadership development programs over time. Wow. So that's very interesting. And you've had the opportunity to work uh, for companies in the UK and the United States. Can you tell us if there's a difference between HR and other countries? Or is There are differences, although fundamentally, if you look at, at things like good leadership principles and best practices, I think they're universal. But certainly in terms of the legal environment and the difference, I'm going to call it in the power dynamic between employee and employer, whereas the U.S. and some Western company, countries are very employer-centric. There is a different balance with workers' councils and different workers' rights that, that certainly strike a more, I'm going to call it even balance of power between employee and employer. So there are certainly differences. And in one organization I worked for 2018 through 21, we had offices in 53 countries. So having to adapt how we served those various end customer groups was really a challenge and it was wonderful and getting to experience different cultures as well. So there are some differences and it is a challenge for HR our leaders to try and adapt and provide good service within the, those parameters as well. I think about, and this is probably off topic, but I think about unions and right to work. Now, is that applicable in other countries? Or is it just the U.S.? It is, yes. So there are other, certainly other countries that have had strong union or workers' council backgrounds. For instance, in Germany, there's the rights of workers' councils to be much more involved in the decisions of the business. And of course, places like the U.K. had had a union and still have a union background as well. So, so certainly union and, and how workers organize and how they collectively interact with management and organizations does change country to country. So it still is very applicable. Awesome. I've always had this dream of living in another country and I wanted to spend time in Europe of the summer of 2020, which you know didn't happen because of COVID. I was like, hmm, I wonder what it's like to live in another country and just experience those different things. And so that's still on my bucket list. Might do it one day. You have an extensive background in leadership development and building these various programs. Why leadership development out of all the things in the whole HR stratosphere, there's so many different components of HR, but why is that your focus? I, I, I think initially there were some indelible impressions left on me about leadership, both good and bad. And I came to fairly quickly realize how 
impactful leadership is on business. I'm probably stating the obvious there, but good leadership can propel an organization forward and, and poor leadership can cripple it and really be a toxic influence on the culture. And so my, my focus fairly quickly settled in on that as one of my strategic priorities in, in some of the organizations I, that I worked for, because really leaders act as the buffer between the, the organization's strategic hierarchy and how you translate strategy into practice. And how do you do that in a way that still ensures that there's good performance and there's bottom line results, but you do so, obviously the definition of leadership is getting work done through the efforts of others. And how do you do so in a way that makes others feel fulfilled at work? Because employees that feel fulfilled, of course, they're productive and they stay and that's good business. So this, this fuzzy idea or this misnomer, I think that, that HR is you know, much more concerned about feeling than results isn't correct, of course. We know that, that treating employees well and, and, and nurturing them is good business by nature. And, and so there were some impressions left on me and it really led me quickly to, to focus on how do we develop leaders effectively and more importantly, aspiring leaders, because oftentimes there was a weakness in leadership pipeline. So how do we get people to step into their first leadership job and prepare them properly so they don't feel like they've been thrown in at the deep end? And so that's been a real passion of mine over the last 12 to 15 years. Interesting. And, you know, you gave the definition of leadership, but I'm sure people listening probably have their own as do I, I always say leadership is not about your title, but more about your character and influencing others. And of course, there's so many components of leadership itself. Everything we think about, there's the main component, there's subcomponents, but, you know, we, good leaders do make the company. And I think, you know, people, people don't leave bad uh, companies, they leave bad leaders. That's always been my thought process as far as, you know, you can work for a company that's not performing well, but you can love your job uh, you can love your team. But when it comes to the, to the leadership and the support you're getting, if you don't like your, your leadership, you're out of here. Even it always works on the opposite end of the spectrum as well. Even if you work for a great company, you work for a great company, you have a bad leader, you're, you're more so leaving that leader, not the company. And so, or due to the company, but you know, when we think about digging a little bit deeper into leadership, how should companies go about selecting the right leader? Or is there a way to select the right leader? So there's no, no perfect recipe, but I think that, that certainly there are, there are some general principles. And I think one is, is selecting for character. I talk a lot about character, both in leadership and, and personal growth and fulfillment, as really being the cornerstone of everything that you do. So, so for example, do you have a, an uncompromising base of integrity with, with the, the people that you select? Because if if someone has bent the truth, has lied, cheated, or stealed, or, or demonstrated other questionable actions from an integrity perspective, that really is terminal for people's leadership careers. So it really is about honesty and, and integrity. There are other aspects. Humility is one. And I'm a big proponent of servant leadership and believe that you, know, you need to select leaders that aren't about I want this job because it's a step up and I get a new title and, and my pay is more. Those are the selection criteria. You want to look for people that have a genuine 
interest in, in serving others and in helping develop others. They have to lead for the right reasons. And, and there are other aspects like accountability, responsibility, and also compassion. We need to understand that we have to lead with our heart as well as our head because people do come to work fulfilled with emotion. And our job is to harness that, that emotion in a positive way. So those are some of the things. I think other things, you know, as you look for the ability to, to adapt to change and to lead change, and also selecting for attitude. You know, you often hear we select for attitude and, and train aptitude. And I think that's true. You know, you can teach certain functional aspects of leadership, like how to properly hire and select, how to develop, how to manage performance. But we can't teach those things around character and we can't teach those things around attitude very easily. So I would select for those things. Right. And I love that you brought that up because I've had this conversation with so many people. If you can hire someone and then develop them into a leader, or should they have certain soft skills and you hit the nail on the head? Because as we're sort of moving into the next topic of professional development, the question is for you is some of those development programs that people should really look into. So as an employee of a company, for someone who's listening, what should they look out for to build themselves in that area? And maybe even someone who's wanting to step into a leadership position. That's a great question. And, and this really has been an area that organizations have struggled with because there is no leadership course at university. And oftentimes people gain their first leadership experience by getting thrown in at the deep end. And so, you know, you want to look for, for organizations that do have an organized structured development program and that really truly invest in, in aspiring leaders. And I think if you're an employee, firstly, you have to ask, do I have a genuine interest in leading? And it's okay if you don't, you know, there, there are many opportunities to be technical uh, experts and I'll call it technical or process leaders rather than people leaders. So firstly is exploring your true interest in those areas because anyone has the potential to lead given the right circumstances and, and skill set match. So if the answer is yes to that, I think looking at, and I talk about this in, in my second book, Fulfilled, you know, developing areas of emotional intelligence, I think is crucial. Your level of self-awareness, defining what are your core principles, values, and uh, beliefs. What are your aspirations? What are your motivators? How well are they going to match up with, with leadership? Gaining a sense of external self-awareness is important as well. And you need that through feedback. You've got to seek out feedback from others regarding your strengths to leverage and weaknesses, or let's call them areas of opportunities to develop. So that aspect of emotional intelligence is crucial. Looking at your emotional control, I think is very important and attitude and optimism and your ability to present authentically, not trying to, to be someone else, but I think the, this core area of emotional intelligence is a critical differentiator for leaders, even more so as they rise within an organization. So if you can develop your emotional intelligence, and I think the others are things like how you, how you manage through change personally and how you lead change and your resilience as, as well. Your ability to uh, bounce back when, when there is adversity, when there are failures, 
these things are key. And before you can lead others, you need to be able to lead yourself through these things. The rest, frankly, are technical skills. You know, you'll, you'll learn about performance management. You'll learn about things like hiring and onboarding. You'll learn about people development. And those are technical skills that are often taught in, over the course of weeks or months. But work on those personal skills including, of course, your communication and rapport building skills, and you'll provide a much better foundation for future leadership. The rest is really hygiene factors. William, oh my gosh, I was over here taking notes because something you said, you must lead yourself before you can lead others. And that's so important to really pour into yourself. And I know you've heard the saying, you can't pour from an empty cup. And I know we have to build ourselves up before we can help build other people up. And I often consider myself a people developer. I love helping people learn new things, as I mentioned earlier, and helping them really understand more about themselves and how they can step into these roles. And, you know, as we went back to the beginning of the question and we're talking about, you know, can someone develop themselves into a leader? Of course, you have to be given the opportunity to lead. And sometimes it's by trial and error. Sometimes it's by mistake. Or just as your career grows over time, you develop those uh, leadership skills that you probably are not having as soon as you graduate from college. But some of the things you're saying, I'm like, this is this is awesome. So I really hope the listeners are, are digging deep. I, I wrote an article a few months ago on leadership on LinkedIn, and I talked about the various stages of leadership and at least the, the stages that I've been through and the stages that I typically notice and resilience. You, you hit the nail on that. Because <laughs> I, I love to have people share their stories of resilience and, you know, you get knocked down so many times you get up again and, and it really goes into building someone who becomes a compassionate leader because they've been knocked down. They've been in these places where everything hasn't always been perfect. And so they're understanding to their team and their understanding to other leaders, to all these barriers that they may be facing, or you know, how do you even get ahead? Gosh, there's so many different rabbit holes we can go down with just this particular topic, but you know, getting back into the professional development, someone who's, you know, they're taking these courses and training programs and trying to become this particular leader. What other ways can someone utilize professional development at work in their personal life? So I, I think many of the principles around professional development stand for personal growth and development as well. You know, the other is taking on a learner's perspective, and there's a sense of humility around that, you know, understanding that you can learn from anyone at any time, if you're prepared, if you're open to that. Listening and questioning skills are very underrated amongst both leaders and, and really everyone. Good listeners, people who ask good questions, learn a lot. And, and this is a, obviously a critical part of self-development. Get feedback and get a mentor. We talk about life coaches, executive coaches. It, it's ironic in, in the professional development industry that CEOs and senior executives hire external coaches and pay them exorbitant fees to tell them what they've been ignoring from their own staff all along, right? So, you know, your ability to, to take feedback and to act on it, even especially when it stings, is critical. Building up a network. Do you know the people that you can learn from who already operate at a 
a higher level of effectiveness than you. Look for empathetic people in your network. You do need a shoulder to cry on or to vent to occasionally. And you need honesty, people who are willing to tell you things that you are not going to like about yourself, but are, are important as they hold a mirror up to you, because that is what accelerates your personal growth most. So I think, you know, that, that, that mentoring, that network, that mindset of being a learner. I think it was, there was a, a, a famous poet who said, you know, in my, in my walks, I realized that, you know, I can, I can learn from everyone, that, that every person has something to teach me if I'm open to it. And I think we need to remember that too. So those are important aspects to professional development. And I think also your understanding of how you learn best through independent research. Do you need to be in that, that class? you know, in order to pay attention? Are you a visual learner? Are you an auditory learner? How do you digest information and how do you best apply it? And I think you have to look for opportunities. Adults learn by doing. And so whether it's in your personal life or your professional life, look for opportunities to apply what you learned. And it doesn't always mean a step up. It may mean a sideways step in terms of your career or your life path in order to move you forward in the long term. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I, we, we're giving tips for people who want to build these leadership skills, but I know someone might be listening who's a corporate leader or who has their own company. What can they do if they would like to build out a professional development program for employees? I think, of course, you'd probably expect me to say this, but but seek the the uh, counsel of someone who is experienced. It could be an external consultant. If you are a small business leader, that's that's often where where it may be. Remembering, I think that that investment will pay you a, a large dividend in terms of reduced turnover, increased per head productivity, and so forth. So you know there are people out there that specialize in it. And there are also networks, whether it's the Small Business Network, the Society of Human Resource Management, there are low-cost options for you to look at as well, as often the best ideas around HR and leadership development are stolen, right? We share best practices within the industry. And there are you know, lots of great books if you're willing to put in the work yourself. If not, if time is, is of the essence as well, then probably you're, you're bringing in external resources to help you. But you're not alone. You don't need to reinvent the wheel. And a good basic structure for a leadership program can be put in place in probably 90 days or less. Wow, just 90 days. So focus on some of the third parties, because of course, some companies have their own in-house professional development. Some people use LinkedIn learning or Udemy or all of these uh, various aspects. So for someone to really incorporate that in that 90-day period, you would probably be suggesting one of those third-party learning programs? Yes, correct. And, and I think as you, you brought up an important point, you know, 90 days is, is possible, it's optimistic. And I think more importantly, as a, as a business leader, you need to set the stage for what you're trying to do. In other words, you need to message out to your people that, that the program is coming, that you're committed to, to learning and development and to leadership development. And that does take some time. But if, you're, if time is an issue, then leaning upon the third party is great. But remember that um, 
many projects sort of die a death because they're not woven into the culture enough that that they're not reinforced enough amongst the the leadership communication and the best thing that you can do as an executive particularly in a small business is make sure that you actively participate in leadership training you don't have to deliver it but just showing up and perhaps taking one small module or or speaking at the beginning and in the end of the program demonstrates to everyone how important the program is to you and that's what keeps those types of programs alive awesome and i i love how you mentioned you know for those leaders to actually participate as well because I always say leadership or learning never stops. No matter where you are in your career, if you have a business or even if you're at the top of the corporate ladder, you have to continue learning. And there's like this forever learning process as the world changes and we're becoming um, more agile and in tune with technology and AI. And, and some people will, they'll go out and they'll educate themselves and get a PhD and they gloat about it. But like, all right, what have you done since this MBA PhD 20 years ago? You have to continuously educate yourself. So I love how you, how you mentioned that. So if you're listening, make sure you're immersing yourself into those learning opportunities. If you're offering them now, William, you have two books and I always love when I get to the point when I have a guest on and they're an author, because I have two books as well. And have two more coming out this year, but the process is fascinating and it's always good to see how other people have really walked through that particular process. So of course, your experience in HR seemed to have pushed you to write the first book, which is more focused on leadership. It's called The Leadership Core. Uh, You have another book called Fulfilled, and I'll leave it to you to give us all those details on both books and where we can find them. Certainly. So, so uh, the leadership core is, is out. It was released in October on print and, and also an ebook. And you can find it through most online retailers, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, and so forth. So it's it's been released worldwide. That that book really concentrates on, I'll call it universal principles of leadership. I think anyone can apply. It starts around that that discussion of character, leadership character. And then we hit upon some of those primary functions of leadership, which is, you know, how do you acquire talent? How do you build teams? How do you manage performance? Very importantly, how do you motivate? Because motivation is is a prerequisite to many things, including performance. Managing change is discussed, which I think is an underrated or under-focused skill, and also, of course, developing uh, others as well. We talk about servant leadership in there. So there are six core I'm going to call it core functional areas plus character. Fulfilled really grew out of a leadership development program, which was aimed for aspiring leaders. And the idea was indeed, before you can lead others, you need to to learn how to lead yourself. So in in that particular book, it's more a, a, I'm going to call it a general personal growth and fulfillment or self-help book, uh, which focuses again around character, but also emotional intelligence resilience and stress management, your ability to build relationships and and some tips around that, your self-development as well, and then managing outcomes, which is really is is performance management from the the personal aspect as well. That book is out on ebook. It's coming out in print in mid-April. And so the, the journey, as I've written a couple of books, has been fascinating. It's been a real education to understand what authoring is is all about. 
Right. And we'll post those links in the show notes. And yeah, I love it. It's, it's such a fulfilling journey, but it's also, you know, the books provide you as a way to really educate your audience, especially if you're on someone's podcast like mine, or if you're at a speaking engagement, people can really walk away um, with some of those golden nuggets that you share in hand. And um, gosh, I, I tell everyone, you know, if you haven't done anything in life that you've wanted to do, take the steps to do it. And if you have that knowledge and information or a topic that you're passionate about, write a book, put out an ebook. I'm always trying to gear people up and like, Hey, you should put that into a book, <laughs> start a podcast. But, yeah. um, William, this has been such a great conversation and I'm sure we can make it a longer conversation, a, a second topic. As I mentioned, you can go down the rabbit hole with HR and leadership, but you know, we've, we've covered some of the really great topics of those transferable leadership skills. I do want to ask you any actionable tips that you would give to someone who's on their leadership journey. I, I think you hit upon the important concept is that we are always learning as leaders. And I think one of the, one of the biggest things that we can do is, is of course, sit down and define what, what is our leadership stand for? So what are our core values, principles, and, and beliefs? And actually writing that down. You'd be surprised how many people have a great deal of difficulty with that. And, and it's one of the activities in my leadership training. So defining those things really helps not only guide you generally in life, but also your leadership journey. And I think the other is, is making sure that you develop enough humility and you remain grounded. Um, because oftentimes as, as leaders continue to grow, there's a dangerous potential to fall into arrogance and, and narcissism. So I think the, the best leaders maintain a healthy sense of humility and learning that they are always learning, that they, they can always gain knowledge from others. And that includes their frontline people because they support the people that support the customer. So those would be a couple of tips that I would give. I love it. Humility. Definitely. That's a, a huge part of leadership as well. I think we've, we've come down to this part where I have to ask you a financial question. Why? Because I'm a financial educator. <laughs> but no, I ask everyone on the show this question. And in the first season, we had a different question. So depending on the episodes that you've been listening to, uh, you never know what you'll get. But one of the brands that I've built out is Ballin' on a Budget. And it's it's also a workbook. It's a workbook I use in my workshops when I'm teaching about budgeting and financial literacy. And I like to ask when you hear that phrase, balling on a budget, what does that mean to you? You know, I, I, it's about discipline, I think, and self-discipline. Often, um, I, I think we, we rise our or raise our level of spending to our, to our income rather than taking the time to wisely think you know, if, if I've now achieved that next step in the career ladder and, and now have more disposable income, what should I be doing with it other than going out and spending it on the toys, which uh, obviously depreciate in value. So uh, th there's a healthy balance to be struck. And I think that the wisest people really do look at how they can invest either in something else that makes money or how do I save for the long-term future? And I wish I had done that sooner, frankly. Earlier in my career, and certainly in high school and college, you know, there, there, there was a lack of financial literacy training. And I think it's led to some devastating results for 
you know, the public who, who isn't prepared as they reach their 50s and thinking about retirement to really properly, you know, lead the lifestyle that they would have liked to. And so I think it's preparing very early and, and also saving early as well. And, and, you know, that's certainly something I learned that I wish I would have known very early in my career. Yes, I think it's a topic that is overlooked and gosh, you hit the nail on the head with that. We, we need to know that in our careers and our personal lives, no matter which path you're choosing, if you're choosing the college path, the entrepreneur path, and I always say financial literacy should start early. So in school, and maybe that will change in the next 10 years, who knows, but, but I appreciate you sharing uh, your definition and appreciate you having you on as a guest. It's been very awesome to hear your journey and the conversations and hearing about your book, but, but really digging into that leadership component and those skill sets. Any last words you'd like to share with the audience today? Probably only that, that from a leadership perspective, early in people's careers, they think that leadership is about telling people what to do. And I, I often say that if you want to get hands and feet moving in a direction, you've got to capture hearts and minds. And that, that's so important in leadership to really gain an understanding of what motivates your people and to use emotion. People come to work filled with emotion. It's not something that you, you, know, you can avoid as a leader. So you need to be emotionally intelligent enough to harness that and to, you know, to lead in, in a results focus, but also in a compassionate way. William, I love it. <laughs> this goes hand in hand with, with some of the, the things that I always say. We, we think becoming a leader is like you're in charge and you're telling people what to do all the time. And it's not always about that, but I really love your perspective. And thanks so much for being a guest. And if you'd like to connect with William, make sure you connect with him with, via the links in the show notes and tune in next time. I hope you've enjoyed the show. Be sure to leave us a review and let us know any ideas you have for a future show topic. And if you really want to show us some love, share this episode with a friend and be sure to join our community online, milestonesmotivationandmoney.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at milestones, motivation, and money. Tune in next time.